This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This episode is brought to you by Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express Card. And we here on Savor are what you might call food explorers. It has been our actual job to go to cool places and eat, like, a lot of the food there. And then talk about it. And then talk about it into these microphones, which is a crazy dream job. Yes. Well, if you're like us and willing to travel to seek out new foods to try, you go with the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. It's for people like us who are in search of the next food adventure. If you travel, you know. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Hello and welcome to Savor. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And in this, our final episode in our Asheville Stravaganza, we wanted to explore a few stories that haven't really fit into the kind of broader categories we've been covering. Things that we found interesting or inspiring that we couldn't quite finagle into an independent episode. Because when we went out on this trip, y'all, we had no idea what we were going to get. We had some concepts, but we really tried to let the people who we were speaking with and the stories that they were telling determine what we brought to you guys, listeners. Yes. Yeah. Now, some of these bits and bobs might become whole episodes in the future, like bean-to-bar chocolate. Yes. We're starting this episode by talking about and with the French Broad Chocolate Company. You've heard them come up in a few episodes. They're kind of a big deal about town. We spoke about it in studio with Super Producer Dylan when we first got back from our trip. Yes, and if anyone's been to Asheville, I'm going to guess that you have been there or at least heard of it because it's pretty well known. One of the places to hit in Asheville. Jail and Dan. Jail and Dan. No, Jail and Dan is fine. (laughs) Uh, Jill, yeah, we are on a first-name basis. That's just fine. They seem like first-name basis kind of people. They were, and that's my whole point, actually. Like, they kind of run this local chocolate empire. They grew it from nothing. They grew it from the actual ground up, from their vegetable oil-run school bus that they moved to Costa Rica in this one time, um, to a basement location in Asheville 
to they're getting ready to open a factory and they have at least one location in the downtown area where people can go and buy chocolate and ice cream and all kinds of baked goods, which they make entirely in-house, which is nuts. Yes. And does include nuts. So be careful, all you allergy people out there. It does. We got to peek our heads into the, the kitchen and it was so small and tight for how much they were producing. Oh, yeah. oh, right. Yeah. But these two human people were so pleasant and down to earth and excited to be there. Yes. And one of my favorite things about them is that when we arrived, we were kind of like harried and stressed because we were very booked solid schedule wise. Um, and my phone was dying and they texted me. And they said, is it okay if we meet at our chocolate factory location because we're working on a project? And I just love that two people <laughs> that work in chocolate are working on a, a project. A project? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The whole thing was very, if Willy Wonka were a lot more chill. They also had a wall of chocolate from other chocolate makers, yeah. which I really liked. And yes. I asked him about one because it was a company from Atlanta. And he got really excited, Dan did, to talk about that chocolate. And I liked that. Just people who love what they do so much that they want to see other people in their same field do really well. Yeah. I did try. They're famous for their infusion chocolate truffle. Oh, yeah? I'm not sure that's the correct name, but basically it's that. And I did try it, and it was amazing. They had it for a sample. Oh, heck. How did I miss that? Oh, I'm sad now. Same here. Oh, man. (laughs) It was really good. What kind of person am I that I didn't, like, alert you that there was a free sample? The worst person, Annie. We know who you are, Annie. (laughs) That's JL and Dan Radigan, by the way. I have this really amazing capacity to mess up their names. Um, But yes, French Broad Chocolate is this family-owned and operated chocolate company that got its start in the mid-aughts, right as the food and beverage industries and communities were really starting to take off in Asheville. Food critic Mackenzie Lunsford remembers how wild people went for French Broad Chocolate, even relatively early on. I think that they had to have somebody control the crowds in the beginning. I, I think I recall them having a bouncer or something like that out front because I know that so many people came that the fire marshal was having, yeah, the fire marshal was having a hard time with the crowds of people coming to eat chocolate, which is just, <laughs> just insane. I mean, chocolate is super good, but the amount of people that it drew is kind of mind blowing. The French fraud. Chocolate Lounge is a huge success story. And we got to talk to the people behind this chocolate, Jail and Dan. And quite frankly, their story is objectively pretty cool. They had the sort of moment I kept longing for in high school and sometimes long for even now. Oh, yeah. That moment of clarity. So when I was living in Minnesota, I was in business school. I had enrolled in grad school because I was feeling lost and needed a direction. Dan, my now husband and business partner and baby daddy, was living in Minnesota going to law school and also not feeling super connected to the field of law. So we were both, when we met, super passionate about food and about cooking, and we really connected over that. At the time, I had started to play with chocolate. I discovered a cookbook author and pastry chef that I was really relating to, and also a chocolate maker that was doing really new and exciting things in chocolate. Um, That person actually also discovered chocolate in Costa Rica and came back and acquired all of this antique equipment and started making chocolate, what's now called Bean to Bar. Um, So I was just playing, playing with chocolate and making confections and giving treats to my friends and family. And so it was early on in our relationship 
and I was hand rolling truffles, which is very meditative kind of Zen activity, lots of just kind of quiet focus. And I felt a tingling sensation in my hands and I looked down at my hands and I had the very clear thought and I said out loud, chocolate is the thing that will make me happy. And Dan was there and he believed me. You know, we were pretty new in our relationship together, but he took that seriously and uh, really was supportive in what we were going to do with that newfound, you know, kind of clarity, that aha sort of moment. So, yeah, they had this moment and they dropped their prior career concepts and they moved to Costa Rica, as I mentioned, in a school bus that Dan converted to run on vegetable oil, which was, by the way, not the only such school bus to pass through customs that month. Nope. <laughs> um, but after a couple of years and a couple pregnancies, they moved to Asheville, almost on a whim, as so many young entrepreneurs seem to, like a very smart whim, but a sort of, we visited and we visited our friends there and it seemed cool. Yeah. Let's move there. Let's move there. Yeah. And there, with the support of their customer base, they were able to go from merely uh, sourcing their ingredients and their chocolate intentionally, you know, like from companies and farmers using fair practices, locally when possible and as responsibly as possible, to actually sourcing cacao beans directly from farmers and making those beans into chocolate for use in their confections and pastries. If we can't source it locally, then we're looking to connect with a farmer or a cooperative and make sure that we're connected and that we share that connection with our staff and with our customers. One thing they did source locally was that name. Before I knew that the French Broad is a river in western North Carolina, I definitely thought like, oh, oh what a sassy brand name. I did too. French Broad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, uh, it, it fits into their concept of how locality and flavor and the emotional experience of a product all interact. Like I said, the definition of terroir that most uh, influenced us is a sense of place. And so when we created a business here in Asheville, we wanted to put our roots down and establish as a part of our community and as a local business and have Asheville be a part of our brand as much as we are a part of Asheville. So the French Broad River is one of the oldest rivers in the world. It flows through Asheville. It is imbued with so much meaning for us with the power of water and the constant change. And so we really associated with the river and decided that we were going to name our company after that. One of the things we loved about their story was how often their name came up in conversation around town partially because they're getting ready for the next change-up in their story. We are building our Willy Wonka <laughs> chocolate factory. Um, we're building a, you know, scaled-up production, so we'll be able to um, bring in different kinds of equipment that will allow, allow us to not only make larger batches of chocolate, but also have more control over the process and be able to make better chocolate. Um, we're building it with the production all in a concentrated area of the square footage with a giant hallway around it and big windows so that our guests can come in and watch the chocolate being made and see the process. Um, We're inspired by the idea of museums, so we're going to be setting it up with lots of opportunity to learn about chocolate and see the tools that are used in the process and at the farm and learn about the culture and and the people that we work with. There are so many 
hands involved in getting chocolate to people who eat it at its final stage that we want to shine a light on that entire process. And partially because of the collaborations that they take part in. Uh, Dan talked about one of those. It's so cool. We, we, we're buddies with this farmer uh, who takes our cacao shells, our waste product, and uh, makes a compost tea with it. He uses that as a, a soil amendment on his pepper plants. We buy his peppers, dehydrate them, and grind them into chocolate. And the circle continues. And uh, it's so cool. It's, this, so the Trinidad scorpion peppers, you know, it's, it's known to be like this super fiery pepper. We love it because it's got an awesome uh, fruit flavor. And we can pair it really nicely with this, uh, this blend of different cacaos. And we kind of downplay the heat. Uh, we use a very small amount of it. Um, you definitely get this crescendo of warmth, but really it's about that, that pepper flavor. They also collaborate with local cheesemaker Looking Glass Creamery to make their most popular cheese, Chocolate Lab. Which we got to try some of when we visited that creamery. Oh, it was so good. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to release our interview we did with them and the tasting after, which is mostly us saying, yeah, I like that one too, but I think in a fun way. Yeah, I mean, most of our tastings are a little bit like that, um, <laughs> including a honey tasting that we did on location at another small business that we visited, Asheville Bee Charmer. And this is a shop that specializes in all things bees and honey. Like we mentioned in our Asheville Overview episode, one of the city's many nicknames is, in fact, Bee City. Bee City, USA. We're going to get into their story after a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This episode is brought to you by Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express Card. And we are what you might call food explorers. We are so lucky that a part of our job involves traveling and trying a lot of the food where we go to travel and then coming back here and telling all of you good listeners about it. And through that, we have discovered some amazing dishes. Sure, yes. Like, I had never understood what poke really could be, and it is delightful. It is stunningly good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which we had a lot of on our trip to Hawaii. Uh, another thing from their passion fruit I now look for in literally every menu that I read. I'm like, yep, that one has passion fruit. Going for it. And then all of the moles, and especially the green mole that you heard us talk about recently that we had from in Las Vegas. In Vegas, yeah. Oh, or just steak basements. Who doesn't love a steak basement? Exactly. <laughs> well, um, if you are like us and you're willing to travel to seek out new foods to try, you go with the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. It's for people who, like us, are in search of the next food adventure. If you travel, you know. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. So, if y'all have been listening to our show for a while, you know that we love bees. Yes, we do. So when we were planning our trip and we heard about this place called Asheville Bee Charmer, we knew we had to visit before we knew anything else about them. We got a whirlwind tour of the shop from owners Kim Allen and Jillian Kelly. It was this bustling Saturday afternoon in downtown Asheville with tourists like us wandering in and out as they explored the strip. Here's Kim. Do you guys want to like walk around? Yeah, yeah. Would you would you show us? Would you show us what you got here? Awesome. So we'll go to the honey first if you want. Perfect. We get honey from all over the world. Uh huh. Um, the main, two main. We're also beekeepers. Yeah. Oh, I did not. Oh, that's yes. even more exciting. Oh, yeah. yeah. So the two main local uh, honeys that we have are wildflower, which is always a blend depending on where you are, and then sourwood, which is kind of the quintessential southeastern favorite. Really smooth, really buttery, kind of a caramel aftertaste. And, you know, we've got buckwheat from New York. We have lahua from Hawaii, fireweed and metafoam from the northwest U.S., uh, sage from the northwest. We've got cranberry and raspberry from bogs in the northeast. And what we also do is we take one single varietal and we make nine different infusions. So we make two hot honeys with North Carolina peppers, firecrackers made with a Thai pepper mash, and smoking hot is with a smoked chipotle mash, North Carolina peppers. And here's Jill. And what we're really trying to do is, even for local people who can get sourwood or wildflower, we're trying to expand your honey palate for you to be able to understand that. And you'll see once you go and sit at the honey bar that when people come and sit at the honey bar and they say the first one, they're like, oh, that's sweet. And they taste the next one, they're like, Oh, that's, and they don't know what to say because they've just said the word sweet. So they've got to come up with something else. So the story of how they arrived to Asheville shares some similarities with Dan and Jail of French Broad. Here's Jill again. 
Kim's from Kentucky. I'm, I was born and raised in, in Chicago, so um, we had some friends who kind of had to go back and forth, and we got invited here. Both Kim and I fell in love with it, fell in love with the community, um, knew we wanted to move here, trying to figure out what we wanted to do. Became beekeepers, cooked with honey, all that little package together. We didn't even realize that we were putting, we were wrapping that thing up as a gift for ourselves. That when a friend was over and was like, you have so much bee crap in your house, you could start a store. And we were like, it's not crap. And we were like, my God, we could start a store. <laughs> also similar to French Broad and uh, so many of the other businesses that we talked to, uh, like the Etta Ryan Distillery, they started small with a few products that they could source as locally and responsibly as possible, like including from their own backyard. I know we keep sort of harping on this local thing, but it was just so refreshing to hear it being discussed as a genuine philosophy rather than a marketing ploy. Mm-hmm. We discussed our experience in their shop when we got back. So we had like three different people that would hop in at different points and pick up the thread of conversation, or yeah. maybe not, maybe go in a completely <laughs> different direction. And then you just hear other in the background, you want to try some honey? And we're trying honey the whole time, too. We are. Yeah. 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 And the counter that we were sitting at, they had this little, like, six-seat counter and um, five- or six-seat counter. And as we were sitting there, I would sometimes turn around and realize that we were engulfed in a crowd of of humans that were clamoring for honey. A lot of kids, they were super excited about it. It It was great. It was. Yeah, I noticed at one part, too, that there were so many kids in there, and I was kind of shocked because... Honey doesn't seem like a honey tasting isn't something I would have been doing as a kid, probably. I wouldn't have said no, but (laughs) they were excited. And that third human that we mentioned in there, uh, an employee who's been with them since early on, was our tasting guide, Tammy. When we covered honey previously on the show, way back in our early days of food stuff, we approached it from a high level— broad history, potential as medicine. We got to sample some hyper-local Atlanta honey for part of our video episode about honey and bees, but we weren't focused on all the different varieties of honey. So it was fascinating getting to sample these different styles from around the world, made by bees with access to totally different plants and different types of pollen. You could really taste the difference, and it made us appreciate the work that these insects do even more. Tammy described honey as uh, being flowers in liquid form. I started working with the bee charmer about a month after they opened. Um, I grew up here in Asheville, and I actually told my parents for the longest time that this is what I wanted to do whenever I grew up and retired and actually got to do what I wanted to do. And um, other than my big girl job, this is my big girl job, and I love it. It's fun. I mean, I get to talk about bees and how awesome they are and feed people honey all day. I mean, people aren't cranky when they're eating honey, and if they are, once you give them three, they're good to go. Tammy's surname, by the way, is Combs. Yep. C-O-M-B-S. I couldn't make this up. Something else we saw, again, was the spirit of collaboration and of excitement about what other creators in town are doing. Uh, Highland Brewery and Catawba just made a beer with us. Yeah, we, we tried that one when we were out at Highland the other day. It was delicious. It yeah, was really That's delicious. honey, basil, lemonade. They, they know what they're doing. 
So, yeah, they've come up over the past four years from opening a shop in the hopes of just educating people about bees and honey to having this whole local supply chain of beekeepers and herbs for infusions, collaborating with local brewers and makers of body care products that they sell in the shop, making their own beeswax candles that they sell in the shop, and helping other beekeepers collaborate with each other about how to keep their hives healthy, which is a challenge these days, you know, with increasing concerns about honeybee colonies collapsing. Yes, and ever since we did our episode on honey, Lauren and I are super fans of bees and honey. We geek out about it all of the time. It was really nice to see so many other people, both them as shop runners and also people coming into the store, being excited about it. And in Kim and Jill's case, excited enough to have taken this big leap on moving across the country and starting a business to help support the cause. Here's Kim again. And people are, I think people are always afraid to leave a miserable job or something that they don't like. And they're afraid to pick up and leave and do something that they might love. And I'm not going to lie and say that we weren't fearful to leave and do something completely different. We'd never been in retail. We were in the corporate world. I was a commodities trader on the floor of the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. So we both had successful, lucrative careers, but we weren't happy. And I felt like we'd run our course in those careers. And so we just kind of took a leap of faith and sold our house and moved here. Not knowing anything, our parents thought we were truly crazy. <laughs> truly. Um, and only last year did my dad say, okay, I take all that back. And we have yet another story to share with you. But first, we're going to take one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This episode is brought to you by Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express Card. And we are what you might call food explorers. We are so lucky that a part of our job involves traveling and trying a lot of the food where we go to travel and then coming back here and telling all of you good listeners about it. And through that, we have discovered some amazing dishes. Sure, yes. Like, I had never understood what poke really could be, and it is delightful. It is stunningly good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which we had a lot of on our trip to Hawaii. Uh, another thing from their passion fruit I now look for in literally every menu that I read. I'm like, yep, that one has passion fruit. Going for it. And then all of the moles, and especially the green mole that you heard us talk about recently that we had from in Las Vegas. In Vegas, yeah. Oh, or just steak basements. Who doesn't love a steak basement? Exactly. <laughs> well, um, if you are like us and you're willing to travel to seek out new foods to try, you go with the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. It's for people who, like us, are in search of the next food adventure. If you travel, you know. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. While we were in Asheville, we also got to visit Hickory Nut Gap Farm and speak with fourth-generation farmer Jamie Ager. Here's past us in the studio. Hickory Nut Gap Farm, which is a farm that produces uh, cattle and pigs and a couple chickens, a few vegetable items, fruit items here and there, Mm -hmm. mostly meats. Mm -hmm. They also have a summer camp that was going on while we were there. Yeah, on the premises. Oh, and this is one of those family businesses that had been around for a while but really bloomed during the entire Asheville food scene blooming. It was an interesting layout. Because they had barns filled with kids going to summer camp. And then they had a picnic table area that also had a a tube that kids were going down, like a slide into the picnic area. And then across the street where we parked, there were some kids down by a creek that had a rope over it. And they were swinging over. And then they had a shop where you could go in and buy uh, meats. And like local artisans had stuff there. It was really cool. And then you could just go up and see the pigs. And you could see the chicks. It was all right there. Yeah, it was a lot of land. And we were there to talk to Jamie. Again, just a really delightful human person to talk to or talk with. And he took us out to our podcast studio during that moment was next to a babbling brook in this like shaded glen of trees. We were sitting on rocks. He was in an old chair. He was. I can't believe it. He was like, it's pretty sturdy. And it looked like it was going to crumble under the weight. Because he was a big dude, like tall. I mean, but it looked like it was going to crumble under my weight. Yeah, I mean, it was a flimsy-looking chair. Sturdier than it looks. Very much so. Didn't even squeak. (laughs) It's impressive. It was such a good interview. In contrast to these other businesses we've been talking about that have only just opened up in the area, this farm has been family-operated for about 100 years. I think it is 100 years as of 2018. Jamie grew up there. His children have grown up there. And he's watched his hometown change so much. And he and the rest of his family have had to stretch and grow with that market. 
He spoke about this deep connection to the land that was really inspiring. That's basically that, that experience of feeling like you can make something happen and make change and, and, and be on the land and pay attention to, to the grasses. You know, it's amazing to be able to see a, a cycle over and over and over again, something like a farm, because a farm is a, you know, the seasons and the weather matter. And so every day there's an awareness to how the weather impacts the land. And that's like one statement that, that is very complicated, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, one example of that is always fun whenever we see like that first really hot day of the year, maybe like towards the end of May or early June and we hit 90 some degrees and all the little crabgrass and all the warm season grasses you start to see come up. Or the wine berries that grow in the woods become ripe and it's sort of like, okay, that's what happened the morning that Amy, we had Cyrus, our 14 year old son. Amy and I picked wine berries. And so you oh, have wow. all these sort of connections to, to the, to the land over time that kind of multiplies and it's it's really amazing to see and then you see you know after a big rainstorm it's like wow this 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 whole thing is just crazy right now it's green you know? and verdant yeah yeah you feel it But the landscape of and around Asheville is not static. You know, more people are moving there. The cost of land is increasing, and thus the cost of farming and housing is increasing. So we've been talking a lot about Asheville's past and present, but what's in store for the future? We posed that question to local historian and expert Kevin Frazier. Where do I think Asheville's going? I think we'll continue to see population growth in Asheville. I think it'll be more limited than some of our um, our sister cities around North Carolina. I mean, you know, Raleigh and Charlotte are huge growth cities. We, we don't want to be big a, a city of that scale. I think we'll continue to be a popular destination for folks uh, looking for weekend visits. We're a really great driving destination. Though we're seeing tons of folks, my gosh, I just heard the figures on our airport. In five year, less than five years, we will have doubled from about a half million passengers to over a million this year. Oh, my goodness. And so we're seeing... But that's both good for us that live here and folks that are that are coming in. We're definitely struggling with becoming a popular city and the real estate issues that that brings. But I think that that will be a challenge for us. And then hand in hand in that is transportation. Now, this is, of course, a concern for, dare I say, all cities. But it's of particular concern in places like our hometown of Atlanta and in Asheville that sort of missed the opportunity to create public transportation infrastructure as the city was growing. And so now they and we have to deal with like a combination of the smooshed urban area that can't handle cars and a wide surrounding suburban and rural sprawl that requires cars. Like, you need a car to get into the city, but traffic is impossible once you get there. We've outgrown our infrastructure right now uh, for the automobile. And part of that growth we're seeing downtown, people are tired of getting in the cars, and they're wanting to, to walk places. The other thing, in some ways this seems a little preemptive to talk about, there's a great deal of conversation that goes on in Asheville about autonomous vehicles, which seems a little space age, but already <laughs> we're starting to see those pull up more than we thought. And, and our transportation folks have begun seriously having conversations about what would that look like? Do you not have parking decks? No, you've still got cars. You don't want 
robot cars just roaming the streets at all time. They got to go somewhere because it's also not good energy wise. You don't want them just using up energy waiting on the somebody to pull their phone out and bring it, call a car to them. Food reviewers do Helm agrees with the growth part at least. I think that the restaurant scene in Asheville, as well as the brewery scene, the coffee scene, the cocktail scene, all of the hospitality scene, uh, has no end in sight in Asheville. And so does Jamie. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. Over the last, you know, since my great-grandfather came here in 1916, Western North Carolina was basically sort of just post-Civil War poverty Appalachia, you know, that sort of negative stereotype that the Snuffy Smith cartoon sort of epitomizes, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, it's neat to see the blossoming of an incredible food scene. And, and, and for us, it's been really amazing to get to be a part of that because it's something much bigger than what we are out here at this specific farm, but the whole appreciation of quality, the appreciation of care, you know, the human relationships that, that get developed through that process. All of this, what Asheville was, what it is, what it could be, would not be possible without the community. Here's Tammy again. I've always been blessed to be here. And um, I love that people are moving here because people are coming here to do what they love. And it's great. Like, it's a Asheville, especially growing up, it, for me, it's always been a warm and welcoming place where you can really be who you want to be and do what you want to do and be passionate and do your passion. Downtown Asheville is going to be a mall. They were going to bulldoze down everything and everything was just going to be a, a huge mall. And the, the people of Asheville, before, before Asheville became what it is now, came downtown and literally chained hand, like locked hands together of a around all the blocks where they were going to bulldoze down to represent how much we would lose. And the city decided to keep the city, which I think is pretty amazing because we this wouldn't be here. But Asheville's always been a great place and always will be. Again, could be a little bias on that. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I see nothing but good things for this city. Tammy is one of the maybe three or four people we met in Asheville who's actually from Asheville, by the mm-hmm. way. And like we've said before, we certainly hope so. We were so charmed by the city. Oh, I didn't even mean to do it until it was already happening. (laughs) I will say that the Asheville Beach Armor was top of the game when it came to pun shirts. Oh, yeah. And I stood for a long time staring at this shirt that was the Iron Throne from Game of Thrones. Uh But it said Game of Thrones (laughs) and it had bees on it. I still think maybe I should have bought that shirt. They do have an online store, I believe. Oh, no. (laughs) All of my... Where did all your money go? Pun shirts. About pun shirts. What? It's a good investment. (laughs) Yes, this concludes our Asheville episodes. There will be more bonus content and interviews. Yes. But now we're preparing for our next city, which is... Drumroll, please. (laughs) That was a terrible drum roll. It was. Apologies. Yeah. <laughs> New oh. Orleans. Yes. Which has a much better music sense oh, than either you or I do. Much better drum rolls in New Orleans. Yes. Yeah. So if any of you listeners have suggestions of where we should go, who we should talk to, anything like that, send them our way. Absolutely.
If you'd like to get in touch with us, we would love to hear from you. Our email address is hello at saverpod.com. You can also find us on social media. On Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, we are at saverpod. Please do write in and let us know what you think. We do hope to hear from you. Thank you to all of our guests today and to Landis Taylor and the team over at exploreashville.com for helping us find them and our co-executive producer, Christopher Hasiotis, for helping us find them. Thanks, as always, to super producer Dylan Fagan for making our jobs easy and our other co-executive producer, Julie Douglas, for all of her good advice. Thank you to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder. Or find a featured all-inclusive package to Iberostar Hotels and Resorts and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com.